All right, we are back with another episode of Chargers Powder Hour. Colin Appel, Miles Waruka, we are your co-hosts. How are you feeling after that big win yesterday, man? Dude, I was about to say, man, it's been, it feels like it's been forever since we've recorded after a win. Uh, it's only been, I guess it's been, what, three weeks? But it's been a long three weeks, yeah. man. But I'm happy that we're back in the column and... I'm feeling good, man. How about yourself? Tell us about – you were at the game, so why don't you tell us a little bit about it? Yeah, man, the game was awesome. Second game in a month. I don't think I've ever been to that many games in that short amount of time span. So it was was a lot of fun. Um, Flew down on Friday and and kind of spent the whole weekend there. But game day was a lot of fun. Uh, Lots of Charger fans. It was really, really cool to see. I don't think I've ever been to an away game where I feel like the Charger fans kind of made their presence felt. And so that was really neat. But, um, yeah, we went to the the Chargers meet and greet, hosted by Bolt Pride on Saturday night, which was a lot of fun. Watched uh, the Huskers win. They had, all, they had like 30,000 TVs in there. So they had the Husker game on. Uh, we were watching the Padres game. And then we were just hanging out with, with Charger fans and uh, – yeah, it was a lot of fun. It was like a, a, at a little, it was like at a bar, but it was like there were yard games that you could play. So, and then it ended up turning into like a dodgeball tournament, which was a lot of fun. <laughs> so uh, that was fun. And then the the game on Sunday um, obviously went in our favor. So that was a good just cap to the entire weekend and everyone went home happy. So no complaints here, man. It was it was a great time. Yeah, man. I'm jealous. After you know, after starting that game out, I figured you got to be having having a pretty good time down there. I wish I was there, but yeah, man. Jealous. Yeah. No, it's it's definitely easier to to let loose and have fun and and not worry as much when you get up to a 27 to seven lead. But you know, it, there was a time during the game where like me, my brother. Uh, my dad and and my cousin just kind of looked at each other like, "What the fuck is going?" On? I mean, we, we're we're used to it at this point, right? That's kind of how unfortunate our experiences have been as Charger fans, especially over the the last few years. But Chargers held on. Brandon Saley, um, Joe Lombardi, and company put together a couple good drives and possessions, and it you know ended up going in our favor. So yeah, it was definitely a more enjoy- enjoyable experience than the Chiefs game that we went to a couple weeks ago. Yeah, I, I heard I heard that Chiefs game was something else, but uh again, don't recall <laughs> that myself. But uh Yeah, you know, some of us uh remember the game and didn't have to go back and watch the highlights to, to find out what happened. Yeah. No, for sure. I mean, but yeah, man, especially there was a moment during that game Sunday for me as well where I actually, you know, offense wasn't clicking and just things weren't going well. I turned it off for a little bit just because I really just don't want to watch this right now. <laughs> I even texted you, I think, yeah. I think you know what, I'm just going to take a nap. We might we, I might wake up and be happy. I might wake up and be sad, but I'll just figure it out. But, hey, man, you know, people got it. Players got it done and coaches got it done when we needed it most. So that's that's all you can really ask for. A win's a win, man. Yeah, you know, you take them any way you can get them, definitely. And, yeah, you know, I 
there were times during the game where we looked really good times during the game where, you know, we didn't look great at all. So I mean, altogether, they, they made enough plays to win the game. They deserve to win the game. Um, they're the better, the better team for sure. And, you know, you, you take a win any, any way you can slice it in this league. So yeah, man, uh, before we, we really dive into it, uh, what, what you drinking over there? So Tuesday night here. I don't want to go too crazy, or not Tuesday. It's a Monday Tuesday night, night, but no, Monday night. So we got a game, got a game going on probably as we speak. Yeah, I actually have been kind of keeping up with it a little bit. Rams are about to score, I'm pretty sure. But um, I'm actually taking a page out of your book tonight. Rams are up three nothing. I just checked, but I'm taking a page out of your book tonight. I got something that you've had a lot of experience with, and I've never had. I got myself a tall boy Modelo from High V. Um, it's a chalada. It's a limon. Um, so like lemon yeah. lime, basically. Um, and it's it's pretty good. It, it reminds me a lot of a Bud Light lime. Um, but mm-hmm. you know, I just woke up today and thought, you know what, I'll give this a shot. So pretty good drink. Yeah, I had the the pineapple one on the, on the last pod. I think that was really good. Uh, and that's also what I drank at the tailgate. That's what the beer that we brought. So can never go wrong with go. a good Modelo, man. No, yeah. I don't know where I'd experience. rank it as far as. Oh, what were you gonna say? Oh, it's your first time drinking it. Uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's passing with flying colors for me right now. So uh, definitely will be something I'll have to get into again. It's definitely one of my the cervezas, like Mexican beers, I like uh, the most. I I. I I don't know where I'd have to rank it as far as favorite Mexican beers, but um, yeah, it's, it's, you can't go wrong with Modelo. That's great. Good stuff. I, on the other hand, am not drinking alcohol (laughs) because I drank a lot this weekend and this morning at the airport. So I I got a good old fashioned high quality H2O right here. My, the tables have turned. Usually I'm the one. But. <laughs> You're taking a page out of my book and I'm taking a page out of your book. There we go, man. I should have done I should have done the intro and hosted and everything tonight. We should have just fully flipped our roles around. But hey, it is. Yeah, we man. <laughs> for sure. So, yeah, I'm just trying to, uh, you know, get back to neutral here. And I actually, I mean, I wasn't hung over at all this weekend uh, because shout out to shout out to my cousin Christian. I know he's going to be able be listening to this at some point. Uh, he's a listener of the pod and, uh, he, he got us a case of water, uh, for the weekend. And, you know, the Saturday night, I believe when we stayed up to like 2am drinking, um, you know, he, he kind of inspired me to drink a few water bottles before bed. So that, that was a lifesaver. I think that that saved the entire day for Sunday. Really? Yeah. Now me on the other hand, was not feeling too hot yesterday. Um, as in Sunday, so I probably need some H two O in me, but you know what, Modelo is what we're rocking with tonight. So, well, good stuff, man. Um, I don't have an icebreaker. I mean, we can just jump right into it. I think there's plenty to talk about just from yesterday's victory. But uh, do you have have one you want to come up with on the fly here? Um, oh shit, man, dude, we don't do. For any of you guys know, behind the scenes, we think of these icebreakers for like hours. It feels like <laughs> not 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 every time. Not every sometimes time. we sometimes we come like, up in like a minute. In my mind, but 
other than that, no, I'm, I I really don't have one. Like, all right, you, you, we don't. You were at the game. You talked about that a little bit, so we'll we'll keep it going. Yeah. Um. Okay. My weekend. Let's, let's jump weekend, into. We can just talk about my weekend real quick. My weekend involved okay. of just getting really drunk, and I went to my college, the my college's football game, and they lost by fifty eight. So that was pretty much my weekend. So. Damn. Fifty eight. Yeah, fifty-eight zip. So. Oh fuck, that's even worse. I I left the game, so it was pretty much. I went. I mean, we had some beers before. I went for the first quarter, left at the first quarter, went back, drank some more beers, and when we left, it was like fourteen zero. And then we came back at the start of the fourth, and it was fifty-eight zero. And I was like, okay, well, we missed something, obviously. God damn, that is a massacre. That if they're gonna have, I don't think they have run rules in like collegiate baseball but like it's like a there should be in collegiate or d3 actually there is there is in collegiate baseball but it's like run clock so it was like no there is no the the reason i know this actually now that i think i just said it is because i went to a game the nebraska game this last year where they got run ruled it was the worst loss in program history wasn't it like a 20 something yeah, they we left and it was eighteen nothing. I can't remember what the final score was, but I remember this now because I remember asking my buddy who's a big college baseball fan. He's like, Yeah, it's like if they're up ten after seven, I believe. They just like call it a game. I got you. so yeah. They need something like that in football, especially in football with all the like extra like garbage time hits you're taking, like Fair. and injuries, like that shit is just annoying. There, but that's yeah. crazy 58 so, nothing is nuts i was there for a bit and watched the husher game went to some parties went to some bars it was a good weekend just another typical weekend in lincoln and then obviously watched our bolts get it done yesterday so let's let's talk about that for a little bit how about let's do it man um well as you know by now chargers um come out with a 34 24 victory really kind of a roller coaster game um in a lot of senses uh but like we said earlier you know they they made enough plays to win the game. So, uh, you know, some key players to highlight, uh, you know, their performances from yesterday. I mean, Justin Herbert being Justin Herbert, 27 for 39, 340 yards and two tutties with no picks. Classic Herbert performance. Um, You know, he had some throws that didn't look, didn't look that great, but he, you know, I think, obviously, you know, made the adjustments and, and balled out. So I think you got to give credit to Joe Lombardi too, as much as we've been kind of riding him these last couple of weeks and, and charger fans everywhere have, um, you know, there were, it wasn't great, but he, he made enough, he came up with enough play calls as well to kind of take advantage of this Texans defense and really allow Herbert to, to cook. So that, that was good to see the other, other performances, to highlight, uh, obviously, Austin Eckler. Finally, finally, um, looking like Austin Eckler that we know. Three touchdowns, 109 yards, I believe, all purpose. And, um, yeah, just look great. You know, 13 carries, 60 yards on the ground. Uh, let me pull up his receiving stats here real quick yeah uh, six receptions for 49. 49 yeah so and the touchdown just being super efficient that's what he does and 
you know, classic Eckler performance. I just want to throw in real quick with that Austin Eckler performance. Somebody of us two got their bold prediction right for this weekend. So I was I was hoping you were going to remember. I was like, oh, I didn't think of it until like this morning. Congratulations on that. Let's go. I I was sitting in the airport and this morning and I was like, it like dawned on me that I was like, holy shit. My fucking bold prediction. I like completely forgot about it. We're gonna have to just with uh we're gonna have to keep track and see which one of us does better. I think right now I've I've only got one right, but now you're you've got two correct, so Yep. So the two that I've gotten, just to recap, Austin Eckler, three touchdowns, hundred all purpose, and Xander Horvath, first touchdown. yeah, Xander Horvath first touchdown of the season, essentially. Um but yeah, two out of four, baby. Let's go. Oh yeah, man. I'm I'm walking one out of four, but you know what? I'll bounce back. I know I will. So, hey, yeah, you, you'll 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 start to hit a, a couple. Yeah. So I hope so. Good stuff, man. Um, the last performance I wanted to highlight here, real quick, I hope was you say who I hope you're gonna say. Oh no, I because this is this is like the obvious one. Uh. Mike Williams, seven receptions, 120 yards. Oh, see, that's not who I was thinking of. Yeah. Uh, Mike Williams balled out yesterday, and I don't think enough people are talking about it. But you know what performance people are talking about is the boy we've been high on throughout the offseason, six-round rookie out of Michigan – or not out of Michigan, sorry, out of Georgia. Jamari Sawyer absolutely – balled out yesterday that's true gave up no pressure yeah actually los angeles chargers just tweeted a meme and it says jamari sawyer left tackle nfl debut pressures allowed breakdown and it just says it's a picture of him and then it says thanks for watching so shout out chargers social media team jamari sawyer number one ranked pff o lineman this week give that man pepsi rookie of the week honestly maybe give him rookie of the year after this game but uh (laughs) absolute baller yesterday yeah, yeah, he uh I mean that's true. I for somehow forgot about him for the time being cuz I was looking at the stat sheet and we all know as great as they play offensive linemen just don't show up in the stat sheet at all. So yeah. I did not have the PFF stuff pulled up, but that shouldn't have mattered because yeah, dude, he he balled out yesterday that he was the talk of, you know, the the team really and first game ball from Brandon Staley and uh yeah protected our our lord and savior justin herbert from you know getting any further damage whereas if if storm norton were out there man i get not win that game yesterday if storm norton's out there that's probably that's that's probably true honestly there's a very real possibility we do not win that game yesterday with storm norton out there but yeah salier held his own they did a lot of things chipping with the running backs chipping with other alignment to really help them out but man, he he really came into his own. Again, it's going to be more challenging next week. Miles Garrett should be healthy next week, but that's something that we'll talk about on our on our pregame assessment for that game next week. But hey, looked great yesterday. I think he was going up against a DN that was averaging like five pressures a game. So yeah, good for him. Jerry Hughes, I think. Was it Jerry Hughes? Yeah, that old fuck. I, uh, I believe so. Yeah, that sounds about right. So that's awesome, though. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, Sawyer, Sawyer killed it, and he has to be the starting left tackle going forward. You, yeah, you can't put Norton back out there. So those are the, the three guys that, that really stood out to me. Um, 
And yeah, but I mean, going back to the Mike Williams thing for a sec, like I said, he balled out yesterday. And I, I think he just didn't have a touchdown. So maybe people didn't stamp that. He balled as a, out like low key balled out. Like I was surprised when I saw that out. he had 120 yards yesterday. Cause I can't even remember a lot of his chunk plays, but I also on, on seven balls. Exactly. He had a, a 17.1 yard average per catch. So like, uh, you know, Herbert was, was, was slinging, slinging the rock. I mean, um, I think an honorable mention performance is Michael Bandy. I was just about to, I'm happy you mentioned Bandy. I was just about to mention Bandy. So, I mean, dude, when I'm sitting there watching the game, um, and I, you know, my, like my dad's a, a diehard fan, but he just doesn't keep up with them quite like, like we do. So, you know, he knows all the big name players and I'm, I'm I was telling him about Bandy and, uh, sure enough, like one maybe two plays later uh there was that big reception uh right before the half to put us in field goal range and i was like that's him that's him <laughs> so uh that was exciting but yeah dude he had two catches for 49 yards so two big big plays uh for bandy there 24 and a half yard average per catch yeah for sure uh you know love to see it dude he was just able to get into some windows and obviously when you have a gunslinger like Justin Herbert he's going to get him the ball so um I know we everyone I know that made Chargers Twitter so happy um but hey man it's all yeah I mean especially because you don't know what his role is going to be going forward I think I just saw somewhere uh today that Keenan Allen's kind of he's back to being day-to-day so Maybe we see him this week. I, I could also see him them resting him one more week and, and getting him right for Denver on, on the following Monday. But maybe Bandy gets another chance to go out there and, and ball out against a, a Cleveland team. And, you know, but once they get, you know, who knows? You know, if he goes out and balls out there, even when Keenan comes back, you know, it might make sense to keep Bandy on the roster over a Jason Moore. Let's say I would even in, so, but yeah. So, yeah, that that was a nice nice storyline to follow, and um, yeah, wish he could have got a touchdown, but who knows? Maybe this week. Yeah, I know that you wanted to talk about uh, snap counts real quick. I just want to bring that up with Bandy. Um, he actually had he had twenty offensive snaps, which is only twenty nine percent. But Jason Moore, who was called up a few days before Bandy, only had four snaps. A six percent share of the snaps mm. for Jason Moore, so I, I think that's probably a good sign for Bandy going forward. Um, but again, yep. a lot of that's going to be based off of Keenan Allen's health, so that'll that'll just be something to keep an eye on. Yeah, no, that's actually a great observation because I hadn't I hadn't made that connection, but yeah, I'm looking at it right now, and yeah, twenty nine percent compared to six percent. So yeah, I mean, I think. I think that's probably the way it's trending. I mean, look, Bandy's just—he's he, a playmaker. You know, he, he's a—he's a tough guy to get down. And if you can, if Lombardi can find him, scheme him open, because he's not going to be a top, uh, you know, guy to watch for in this offense. There's too much firepower. There's too much star power, um, kind of taking the eyes off him. And if you can find him one or two plays a game where, you, you know, you scheme him open, or you know, he can win his one-on-one and take advantage of it like that. Those are, are, are game like difference makers. So I hope we see more of them going forward. 
Yeah, we saw his ability in the preseason, some of those nasty whip routes. Like, he could be one of those guys that, especially on third down, uh, could go into, like, a Keenan Allen-type role and really help this team out. So I'm excited for what we can do with him going forward for sure. And, you know, with Guyton being out for the season, I, if if he are, if he has 20 snaps and Moore only got four yesterday, uh, I think I think we will be seeing more of him. And, and you know, that, that role could progress – over the course of a season. And this could be even, you know, one of those scenarios that we'd look back on, you know, 18 months from now and we're like, Holy shit. Like Bandy was, wasn't even on the roster at one point. He might be like a top three or four receiver for us. So who knows? I, I hope man. He's, I mean, I'm rooting for him. I know you're rooting for him. A lot of the fan base rooting for him. So it's, it was good to see him kind of get some flowers I mean, on Sunday. This is definitely his opportunity to seize, so I wish him the best. But, um, yeah, going back into the snap counts while we're talking about it, um, there were one, two, six players that played 100% of of the snap count. Um, You probably already know who those are. Jamari Sawyer, Matt Filer, Trey Pipkins, Zion Johnson, Justin Herbert, and Corey Lindsley. So the offensive line and the quarterback. not a really big shocker there. Uh, and then you have, you know, Mike Williams playing 90 or 65 snaps, 93%, which I mean, that's, that's, I didn't, I didn't realize he was in that, that often. I mean, that's not a lot of, that's five, five plays off the entire game. He had to have been gassed. Yeah, for sure, dude. I think that's why that's exactly going back on Bandy. That's why dudes like that are so important. Cause if you're going to give your, you know, your star receivers like that, that kind of snap count, you're going to need guys to step up behind them. So. Uh, a couple other ones that just stand out to me. Uh, Richard Rogers. got 10 snaps yesterday. Good for that old, and that old ass dude. That's funny because like at first I didn't realize, I mean, we just called him up. Right. So I didn't know what number number he was wearing or really like pay attention to that. So there was like once or twice where I looked at my brother and I was like, who the fuck is 82? And then I looked it up and I'm like, Oh fuck that. That's, that's Rogers. So, uh, 10 snaps for him, which, you know, being, I, I think that's a little interesting because I think we're expecting to get par him back this week. And he just joined the squad a couple weeks ago. Rogers did. So, I mean, I don't think he's going to take away anything from Parham. He's way too big of a piece of this offense and kind of established himself already. So uh, I don't know what that means for the tight end room. Does does man between Trey McKitty and Richard Rogers? I think Rogers just probably goes back to the practice squad. Yeah, I would I would expect that, especially with dude like Gerald Everett has looked great so far this year. Obviously, that one miscue against the Chiefs, but like Gerald Everett has looked like a very underrated, great signing so far this offseason. So yes, and yes, him and, and I'm him glad and Par, you. Him and Parham could be a good duo for sure. Yeah. Oh, I'm. I am so excited to watch that and see that. Um, and I'm glad you brought up uh, Everett because uh, I want to give him his flowers right here. I had it pulled up. Let me let me get him pulled up real quick. But he is is really turning into a top tight end in the in the entire National Football League. Yeah, for sure. Um, like, and we let me pull him up. We've used you. We've utilized him so well. Um, 
And he's just, I mean, Herbert's a guy that likes throwing to his tight ends. Uh, you, we see dudes kind of fill that role every year. So it's good to have a guy like that. Okay. Gerald Everett's current rankings among all tight ends. Uh, he's, I mean, seventh in targets. Tied for eighth in receptions. Sixth in yards. Sixth in yards per reception. 15th, uh, he dropped off in yards after catch per reception, which is kind of surprising. Just, I mean, that was kind of his like thing he was known for, but that could could go up over the course of the season. So that's not, that's whatever. Uh, missed tackles forced, though, tied for fourth. So that's something to think about. I mean, especially it's a good trade off, especially at his age. Like, that's awesome to see. Making guys miss, yeah. Yards per route run, seventh. Some of these are kind of bland stats, but uh, contested catches, he's first. Jeez, that's that's insane. I also um, I just looked up I just looked up Gerald Everett. I didn't realize he was twenty eight. I could have swore that he's been in the league for like millenniums. I thought that he was like thirty three, but he's only twenty eight yeah. years old. That's not bad at all. I think I only thought that because he was on the Seahawks and the Rams for quite some time. But that's awesome. Yeah. It, I remember him being on the Rams and then I kind of forgot. I mean, when he went to Seattle, I kind of forgot about him, but dude, he is, I mean, he has saved this offense really when you think about it, because when you look at the tight end position on this roster, I mean, when Parham was out, like thank God we went out and got Gerald Everett this off season. Yeah. Cause if we're dealing, not nothing against Trey McKitty, but I just don't think he's he's not ready receiving threat in Trey McKitty. Yeah, and he's not ready to step up. I think in yeah. in that kind of load role. So, you know, having him still be kind of in the same role that he was last year, being comfortable, you know, kind of the tight end to blocking tight. I mean, he's still the same guy doing the same thing with Gerald Everett being able to kind of step into Parham's role, and then now we get Parham back this week, so. I'm really excited to see how that changes some of the, the offensive scheme and, and what Lombardi will hopefully what Lombardi will do with that. So another weapon Dude, the, for Herbert. The underrated signings from this offseason have really come into play this year, earlier in this year. You know, Everett's looked great. Uh, Bryce Callahan has looked every bit the part as a cornerback one, having a resurgence season. He's looked – I mean, we've only seen J.C. Jackson in a sample size, but he has yet to really – breakout for us yet and obviously you know he hasn't had a full week of practice in months now so yeah. I'm still expecting him to be perfectly fine but Callahan's definitely stepped up and then dudes like Morgan Fox SJD have both looked great interiorly on that defensive line so just the underrated signings have really been the reason why you yeah. know we win games like and we did on Sunday they weren't signings but still new additions you have to look at how some of these draft picks are turning yeah. out I mean Zion Johnson's and Jamari Sawyer. I know it's early on Jamari, but he just had a phenomenal game yesterday. So, um, just really excited about how some of those picks are are turning out to be. You know, uh, could be two potentially two anchors of that line for for years to come. Dude, for sure, our our line. You know, as sketchy as it can get. You know, obviously the leader of that O line went down out for i guess yeah new news he may not be out for the season now but for most of it a majority of it probably almost all of it um 
you know, so that's why we need dudes like Salyer to step up and we need Pipkins to start, you know, playing like we didn't see him play last year. And we just need, we need these pieces to start stepping up. And so far it's, they've looked really good. So that, that definitely gives you some hope. For sure. And then, you know, you have to, you know, you, you'd like to think some of these guys that maybe haven't gotten off to the fastest start this year. I mean, there's still plenty of time for them to, you know, to get back into a, a rhythm and a groove and put together a, a good season. So, um, you know, I, I look, the Chargers have a lot to fix, and, and I want to talk about that here in a second, but they're still a really good football team, and they just, at the end of the day, like, they just can't beat themselves. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, man. I also want to give one more quick one. I want to give some flowers to someone else that I really didn't think we ever would, but do you know who the highest graded PFF charger was yesterday? Oh, this is this is what I was this is why I almost didn't even want to record today. <laughs> I didn't I didn't want to have to get into this, but yes, I do. I do know who you're talking about. I did see him um you know on on social media today getting some love and it's number 99 it's our our, our old buddy our old friend our good old which i have a 99 our favorite i have a story i have a story to go along with number 99 from this weekend if if you're ready for it let's hear it okay so we get to uh the parking lot where the lot that we have our parking passes for and we're going to walk over to the Chargers tailgate, which is a couple lots over, but not not too far. And we get there, we park. My brother, being the vampire that he is, and, I mean, he's got a weird work schedule, so he never really has to be up before noon, <laughs> like any day of the week. Lucky man. And, yeah, so he, and he takes advantage of it. Like, you know, I guess, you know, got to give him props for that. So... We stayed up till about 2 a.m., I think is what we all kind of collectively agreed on the night before, drinking, hanging out, talking, watching sports, snacking, you know, all that good stuff. And we got up, I think, at like the earliest alarm went off at like 7. So, and, and mind you, I mean, we had traveled the day before. We'd been up the whole entire day doing stuff in the city of Houston. Uh, so we were not only on top of drinking, but we were just fucking tired, like spent. So him being the vampire that he is, we get to the, the tailgate. He's like, well, I'm going to stay in the car for about an hour and sleep it off or not sleep it off, but like just get a little bit of extra juice for the game. Right. And we're like, okay, whatever. Like, you know, do you um, call us, text us. If you don't know where to go and we can guide you over here. So we leave, go to the tailgate. Hour goes by, nothing. I'm like, ah, he'll come over whenever. Two hours go by, nothing. Um, you know, it's it's pretty much time to walk into the, the the gates, right? He's still not over there, and we finally like get a hold of him, and he meets us at the gate, and we walk in together. And I was like, dude, like, where were you? You missed the entire like Chargers tailgate. Like it was a blast. There was you know like Charger fans everywhere. It was great. He's like, oh, dude, I got. Let me tell you. He's like, so I'm sleeping in the car, and I hear these people like tap on the glass, and they were like, "You okay? You good?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm good. I'm just sleeping." Well, they like, you know, 
are are pretty friendly, I guess. So he gets out and starts drinking with them. And it turns out it ended up being a a, a teammate of Jerry Tillery's dad. Wow. They played they grew they grew up together from like grade school, apparently. And it gets better, right? So then all of a sudden, like they're drinking. Like, yeah, we're from here, blah, 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 all this stuff. And he goes, hey, do you want to meet him? And my brother's like, who? And he's like, Jerry's dad, Big Jerry, because apparently his, his dad's name is Jerry too. And my brother's like, yeah. like So Big Jerry came over. My my brother got to like drink some tequila with them, drink some beers with them. And uh, yeah, that was, that was pretty cool. Then eventually like he met up with us and, and told us about us. I'm like, oh, that's that's pretty cool. And then after the game, we're walking out of the stadium and we get back to our car and back to their tailgate because their tailgate's still set up. And it's a couple of the same guys and Jerry's dad wasn't there, but we're talking and super friendly guys, super nice guys and, and drinking a beer with them. And uh, he gets, he like stands up and he's like, oh, I just got a text. He goes, they want us to come, come say hi to Jerry. It was big Jerry, like, hey, come come say what's up to, to Jerry. So I was like, oh shit. And so him and his other buddy were like, all right, let's go. And they started walking over to go go meet Jerry Tillery. So I'm like, I didn't go with them because we were leaving and I didn't want to like, you know, tag along to if uh, you know some family yeah. get together. But uh I was like, oh man, small world. That's pretty crazy. I kind of hope that you didn't plug the podcast to him though, just to hear how much slack. No, no, that's the thing. I was, I was definitely not going to plug the podcast. <laughs> I was like, oh yeah, um, we've been low key like talking shit about your son the last six months. And like, what a big Jared just like, yeah, I get it, or just something along those lines. But dude. it's like, hey, you guys are great people, but uh, your your son just isn't the greatest defensive tackle. That's that's it. That's it's the only knock. Hey, man, but think about it. In in games in which you meet a relative of Jerry Tillery, he's balled out. So maybe that's the key. That's true. That is true. Um, yeah. That's a good way to look at it. So that was cool. And uh, But, yeah, you know, we can talk. We can definitely talk about uh, Tillery's day. I don't have his stats pulled up. Do you have him pulled up? Um, I can pull him up real quick. I know he had that big strip sack, and like you've always mentioned yeah. before, we have to lead the league in fumbles not recovered. Uh, Dude. And that was one that – Fuck that. Golden Fox was literally right there on top of the ball, and it just like squirted out of his hand Dude, or something. the longest fumble like in the stadium. We are just like, oh, oh, oh. Like the ball kept like moving and, and popping out. And uh, dude, forget – Lead the league. We had to have set an NFL record, man. There has <laughs> to be a point. stat on like, that somewhere because there has to. So, oh, there has to be. There for sure has to be. So actually, stat on. We actually could have just mentioned that and not have to bring up Tillery stats, um, as that was his only tackle on the day. But you know what? If you're only gonna have one tackle, his only tackle. Yeah, he had one tackle, one solo tackle, one QB hit, one sack, one tackle for loss, and it was all. Oh my god! So, I didn't know that, dude. Talk about efficiency, man. If that's gonna be your only tackle today, have it be a strip sack. Why not? So made the most of it for sure. Oh yeah, man. But he still got a 93 grade on PFF. So I don't really know much about PFF. Um, I take their grades with the grain of salt. Obviously, like week one, oh. Mac wasn't even in the top 
five pass rushers. So I don't know a ton about it, but it's yeah. basically just a bunch of guys that know a lot about football, grading people on football. So. Well, it's 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 not a secret that it's like they love it's a Bengals company essentially. I mean, Chris Collinsworth started and founded PFF. I don't know if you well, yeah, I think he started founded it like it was his idea, and uh, it's based in Cincinnati. So there's that. And they just have a huge, like they have a big boner for, for anything Bengals. Like any, I yeah, just go look at Bengals grades versus anyone else. And it's like, there's a discrepancy there somewhere. So huge grain of salt with, with PFF ratings. And that's not just coming from a chargers fan. That's uh, NFL fans pretty much everywhere. I've at least one point been like kind of scratched their heads and and looked at some of their numbers and been like, how how do you figure that? Yeah, for sure. So I, I take PFF grades with a grain of salt, but man, it's it's good to see. I don't want to even maybe say it's good to see, but good job, Jerry Tillery, I guess. Maybe maybe our slandering will finally pay off. But you know, we're not we're not the only people that slander Jerry Tillery. I know a few other NFL reporters that just go after it's a very popular thing to do these days yeah it's it's just fun at this point so but good for him (laughs) yeah so i just thought i'd I'd share that story because that's i was like oh yeah i gotta plug that um and if they ever find this podcast that would be hilarious but yeah that's i didn't i didn't realize it was one tackle one strip sack wow but interesting anyways but hey and you know what the thing is it didn't really well it prevented them from scoring a touchdown. So I guess it, it did have some outcome on the game, but had we recovered, it would have been a lot more meaningful. So leave it to Jerry Tillery to get the strip sack that we don't recover. So worthless. I swear it is what it is. <laughs> um, all right, let's, uh, let's move on here. Um, yeah. Well, let's see here. Do you have, do you have anything that you want to want to talk about that that you had on your list? Um, you know, what's up with our defensive run game right now? Obviously, uh, Texans running back Damian Pierce, um, 14 carries, 131, averaging 9.4 carries on the ground. 75 of that came on that one play in the second quarter, though. Um, you know, we just really yeah. kind of hyped up being able to, you know, stop the run this offseason. And we saw, like, week one, uh, we only held Josh Jacobs to, I want to say, like, 30 yards. But this has been our third consecutive week of giving up a 50 or more rushing rush to the opposite team. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire had that uh, 50-something yarder. James Robinson had that 52-yarder on fourth down last week. So it pretty much we're just getting gassed on chunk plays, I want to say. But, you know, it also could just be a matter of fact that Joey Bosa's gone and that he obviously would help a lot. But, yeah, run run defense has not looked – the part so far this year i just i just want to know your thoughts on that uh when I, I saw something about this on twitter and that kind of inspired me to research this little bit here but uh damian pierce was the only rusher yesterday for the, for the texans and like he said 14 carries 131 uh 75 of those on the big touchdown run take that away he had 56 yards you know, really for the entire game, which is, you know, that that's that's a pretty good yeah. thing. Then I think you go back and look at how many carries he had and, and do the math and, and what he averaged per carry. And it 
still isn't the greatest. Yeah. So 100%. it's about four point so four point three yards per carry, even without the uh, the big seventy five yard touchdown run. So the Chargers are definitely struggling a little bit in the run game. I, I don't think that's you know uh, like absurd thing to say. I think it's it needs to be addressed. I know it's early and, and there's some some players missing, but there has to be some adjustments made. And um, I think my the thing I immediately think of is just, and a lot of pro- other fans too probably, is just personnel on that defensive line. Yeah. Um, but yeah, you, know, you can go ahead and share your thoughts. Yeah, I don't know. Just especially, you know, Browns next week, that's something that we've got to work on. But it's it literally has been all chunk plays. First – First game of the year was Josh Jacobs, 10 carries for 57. Nothing wrong with that metric there. And then you see the Jaguars game last week. James Robinson gashed us for uh, 17 carries for 100 yards, but 50 of that came on one play. So you take out that play, you got 16 for 50 yards, and you're averaging, what is that, 3-point-something yards a carry for James Robinson. Yeah. And then uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire week two, he had 8 for 74, but he had a 50-yard carry, which would go down to – you know, seven for, let's see here, seven for 24 yards. So that's three yards of carry. It's just, it's pretty much just chunk plays, which is why, yeah. you know, maybe I'm not, I'm, I know I brought up this point, but I just wanted to kind of bring it up to maybe clarify that it's not really that we're giving up. Like last year, we were just seeing like seven, eight yard runs, just like, almost every single drive from these other teams. It's not like that's what they're doing. It's not like it's going to be a ground and pound attack. That's just going to wear us down throughout the year. I just want to clarify that a lot of it has come on chunk plays so far. So as long as we can, as a defense, you know, clutch up on those, on those kind of chunk plays and not give up these explosive plays. Like, I think we're fine going forward. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely a night and day difference uh, from last year. And it's, it's, it's improved a lot. And, you know, I, I don't want to just like write off the chunk plays, you know, as of like, oh, well, you know, if they take away those chunk plays, like then, you know, here's what they actually look like. Cause those chunk plays matter more than any of the other plays. Like, you know, 75 yard house calls is, is not a thing that you want to have become a theme or uh, a pattern, I should say. Yeah. So, and it, it's the most frustrating thing to watch as a fan. Cause you're like, what the fuck? Like seventy-five yard house call, really? Uh, you know the the fifty-yard one by by James Robinson. Like, come on, it's fourth and one, bro. I know. Um, Staley did mention something about here. I'm gonna try to find his quote. Um, basically, it came down to bad pursuit angle from Nas Outerly, and then I can't remember. I'm trying to find his quote here. I know that Popper tweeted it out, but um. It basically, yeah, it basically just came down to, you know, one person over pursuits, another person doesn't fill the hole, and that's just what you get. I expect I expect them to be more disciplined going forward, and I don't think that it will be a problem all year, but it's definitely something to kind of think about. Yeah, I mean, I think that's – I think it, it's definitely an issue that you can, you can clean up and, you know, as the season goes on, you know, you get more reps. You know, that that's that's fixable. I think it's just – you know, for now, it's it's something to keep an eye on because it's happened a few times, and the season's still pretty early. So, uh, I, this can be a completely different conversation six weeks from now, yeah. Or it could be like a, our biggest concern, yeah, with the with the defense. You know, yeah. But you know, other than that, 
Davis Mills, you know, he threw for 246, two picks. Uh, one of those picks came on that fourth and incredibly long on that last play. So I'll take that one with a grain of salt. But yeah, again, a, another explosive plays again. You know, Nico Collins had that pass from him that set up the touchdown on the next drive on that like five play, 90 yard drive. Like those are drives that you need to eliminate. You can't have, especially when you're up 20 points going into halftime, you can't be having defense have lapses like that in a drive because that that almost ended up being critical towards the outcome of the game but you know like I mentioned earlier we we stepped up really when it mattered and got the job done so yeah yeah and just looking at these defensive stats um you know defense like like defense has has its flaws that's that's no secret but it still came to play yesterday right um you know four sacks two takeaways that that's, I mean, it's not. I mean, four sacks is is really good, and and two takeaways is a good day in in the big or big leagues, uh, in the NFL. We'll call it big leagues. But uh, yeah, you know, it's just that that's the key to that's the recipe right there. Getting a couple of takeaways per game. Some games you might have more, but getting to the quarterback, four sacks, and I don't have any. Oh, let me pull up the pressures real quick because that's actually something I wanted to talk about as well. Um, from the from the defensive line. Yeah, I, I definitely I definitely do think our defense is night and day better than it was last year. I mean, dude, Asante Samuel Jr. is really having a breakout year right now, and dude, Kenneth Murray yep. has looked much better than serviceable like we've seen him be in the past. So we've got these yep. these second year third third year dudes really really coming into their own finally, and it's yep. going well for us. Yeah, and that's a great point to point out right there. Kenneth Murray tied for third yesterday. Um, with the most pressures from this defensive line. Um, so the full list of numbers here, Sebastian Joseph Day had five, one for a sack, one for a hit. Morgan Fox had five. So those those are the top two uh, pressures, most pressures generated from the, our D lineman yesterday. Fox had one sack, one hit as well. Khalil Mack had three pressures, one for a sack, one for a hit as well. Chris Rump had three pressures, one for a hit. Number 99 had two, one for a sack. Kenneth Murray had two with one for a hit. Drew Tranquil, two, one hit. Covington, one. So it's definitely, you know, it's kind of coming from everywhere. And it's good to see, you know, some of these guys um, generate some some pressures and and, and start winning these one-on-ones. Yeah, I'll just... I pretty much just wanted to make the point that, you know, even though we had those drives in the third quarter, the, our defense didn't look great. Um, you can't put that all on the defense when your offense is going three and out. You know, Lombardi didn't call a bad game whatsoever in the first half. And then obviously that last drive, he got it done when it mattered. But we just can't have – we can't have our offense stall and, you know, give our defense only like two or three minutes out and then – get them back on the field and expect them to perform with their highest ability. So, you know, some of that lays on the offense, some of it lays on the defense, but like, I think we're going to be fine going forward. Um, I don't think it's anything too concerning. So. Yeah, I think, you know, yeah, I think like we said just a little bit ago, I think this team can fix, can solve its, its issues. Cause it has a couple, but at the end of the day, like this is a team that has way too much talent has way too much at, at key positions, I should say too, um, in in depth now, to to really not take care of business against teams that has no 
business losing to. So this is the game they had to have, you know, get back to two and two. Broncos lose, Raiders win, but the Raiders are fucking trash and they're still one and three. So no one's worried about that. But, uh, you know, Chiefs win last night in a, in a pretty, pretty statement game, I would say, you know, kind of taking Tom Brady back behind the woodshed like that. But, you know, I, I think we, I still think we can beat the Chiefs anytime we play them. Yeah, I, I've got a lot of hope going into that. We still got a few weeks, quite a few weeks for that, but I've got a lot of hope going into that next Chiefs game that we'll be able to get it done. Um, but again, yeah, I don't think the rest of the AFC West is anything to be too concerned about. And then if you look at the rest of the AFC as a whole, a lot of teams underperforming, like you got like the Bengals who have had an insane Super Bowl hangover going forward. And then it, you got to expect either the Bills or the Dolphins, whoever doesn't win that division, to take one of the wild card spots. But then you also got the the AFC South, which is straight kind of garbage right now. So It, it kind of feels a little bit like last year when there was just like, like last year was a crazy insane to the the playoff race or to get in, right? Because there were so many different teams that were right there because throughout the year, like half the teams would win and the, the other half that needed like would, would lose. And it just was like this leveling playing field mm-hmm. kind of like throughout the entire season. So it kind of has some of those vibes, but going back to, or at least talking about the, this six game stretch that we've been talking about, that's so important for the chargers and it's already here you know the season just started but it's already kind of crunch time in, in a sense because you know you got the texans who you took care of business and, and won and should have won you got the browns next week who are not going to be the same browns team at the end of the season but you have to win that game that's that's a very winnable game and a lot would probably say should win then you come home against the broncos monday night as poorly as they've been playing, I mean, you should definitely win that game at SoFi. There's gonna be a lot of Bronco fans there, but fuck it. Like they still got Mel- take care of business. They got Melvin Gordon, so that's probably three automatic turnovers for us. No Javante Williams, so and they're probably not gonna have Randy Gregory back in time. I think he might miss like five, six, seven weeks. It kind of sounds like is a general timetable, if not longer. And uh, you know, so yeah, no reason to not not win that game. Then the Seahawks come to town. I mean, I know the Seahawks put up a lot of points yesterday, but it was against the Lions, who have like the shittiest defense in the league by far. Seahawks also gave up 45. So, so, you know. Right. Nothing to be too Um, So, very winnable game there. Then they go to Atlanta. The Falcons haven't looked amazing. Very winnable game there. Then they have the Sunday night game in San Francisco. And I haven't even been watching the game, so I don't know how things are going tonight. But with how shitty they looked, yeah, it's what seven three niners. It was when I last checked. So, yeah, oh seven six niners now. So, but yeah, okay, they're, they're so. definitely beatable. I mean, they lost to the Broncos last week. Um, you know, I, I think our schedule's playing out. The rest of our schedule's playing out pretty good for us. Really, the only teams that are really scary to me is. Kansas City and probably the Rams who haven't even been playing the best football of their lives either. Oh, and probably the Dolphins. But other than that, man, I think, you know, going forward, we, yeah. just need, to, we need to play our, we need to play our form of ball. You know, every single week we're going to get people healthier. Obviously we're probably going to, every team's going to sustain some more people that get a little bit banged up, but 
you know, every week is, you know, Justin Herbert's ribs going to be feeling better every week going forward. You know, we're going to have Parham and Keenan coming back soon. And just as long as we kind of keep our nucleus that we've established through these first three weeks, like I think that we're going to be okay, but definitely just got to, yeah. we need to beat the teams that we're better than and we'll be okay. We don't need to pull any big time upsets going forward. We just need to beat the teams that we're better than. So, yep. Yeah. And then after that Niners game, it's, it's uh, the rematch with Kansas City on November 20th. So, you know, it's obviously there's a lot more football to play after the stretch that we're talking about, but it's the stretch that is going to give them the best opportunity to kind of cement themselves as, you know, playoff contenders and, and really break away. And, and the AFC West, which was thought to be like this insanely gauntlet of a division, <laughs> like in the preseason. And now it's kind of looking like that might just all be a big, you know, big hype sesh because the Raiders do not look good and the Broncos look worse <laughs> and the Broncos have a better record. And I don't, I don't think they will for long because my God, dude, that offense is just tough to watch. Were you watching that game yesterday? Yeah, it was not very good. So, oh, so. and that defense, yeah, 32 to the Raiders. So there's something to be said there as well. So. Right. And like I said, they're really banged up, but so are we. And so is pretty much everyone at some point. Yeah. Right. So, so it, it's part of the game. You know, we got to figure out a way to overcome it. And like you said, man, just beat the teams that, that we should beat. And that takes care of 90% of it. So and every, I should note that every week is another week closer to Joey Bosa returning. Obviously that's not going to be till towards the end of the season, but it sounds like, is good chances of him coming back are going to be against those those really good teams that we have later on in our schedule. So let's just play our yeah I believe play our form of ball and we'll be okay. I believe they say they said eight to ten weeks. See, it was is, it was originally eight to ten, and then Staley said six to ten earlier today. So, hmm. so you think that's just how much of that you think is just like coach speak? Like uh, six yeah, to ten I sounds don't know. better. That's, so. Staley's obviously pretty op- a pretty optimistic guy, considering Keenan Allen has been day to day for years now. But um, for years now, but I don't know, man. I think I would guess Joe will be out till probably week. Uh, I want to say like week twelve would be my guess. Plus, you're- well, that would be about eight weeks, right? Yeah. So I would guess. I mean, considering one says. 8 to 10, and the other one says 6 to 10. I'm going to go around the eight-week mark. I don't know much about groin injuries. Seems like a weird injury to me, but... Well, we'll have a bye week in there some, somewhere, so that'll kind of... So, but a lot of beatable help teams... Help a little bit, but... A lot of beatable teams without Joey on that schedule going forward. So I think we're going to be fine, but like I said, we can't afford to have a slip-up and just look like absolute shit any given Sunday. I think we've already got... Every single year, we just have a game where we just look like absolute fucking garbage. And I hope to God that that one game is already out of the way for us this year. So. Yeah. Yeah. Facts. So. Facts, man. Well, anything else you want to add? I've, I think I've gotten everything I needed to get out. No, man, it's been a good, it's been a good victory Monday. Um, I'm actually kind of it surprised, has. man. Like I, I realized like, half of my stuff that I wear is chargers. I have a charger sticker on my laptop. I was wearing a chargers hat with a charger shirt with a chargers sweatshirt with a, my water bottles charger with my chargers lanyard on it. Like I, if, if there's any question about what team I'm repping, then I don't know. There shouldn't be, but you know how it is. Maybe you just lost a bet. 
No, I don't think so. I'm in too deep at this point. So, <laughs> but um, yeah, man. Whoa, jinx. Good stuff. But uh, well, yeah, man. It it was a good victory Monday. I spent most of it traveling, but home now, and I'm gonna take a big siesta here in a bit. But before that, I got to watch an episode of Dahmer because I've been slacking and need to finish Come on, it. So, man, I was going to ask you that, but yeah, you can get one in at least. So, yeah, I can get one in for sure. So, but all right, man. Um, yeah, that that should do it for me. So, thank you guys for listening to another episode of Chargers Powder Hour. This has been episode number thirty nine, and this is the Chargers Texans post game victory Monday edition. So. Make sure to follow us on social media on Twitter and Instagram at Powder Hour Pod LA for all the latest news and updates about the podcast and our bolts. And peace.